I meant Marxism is evil, needs to be stopped at all costs, hopefully by the CIA, especially if you have bananas. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Lyrics for Lunch, the show that doesn't have a white voice. But don't don't we? Don't we? Doesn't have an additional white voice. (laughs) Has our regular white voices and no extra white voices. We definitely don't. This is starting out really racist. And it's going to get better? Yes. Okay, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. This is the show that does deep dives into the not-so-famous stories behind famous songs, or sometimes not-so-famous songs. And I'm joined this and every week by... Hello, I'm <laughs> Lindsay Tucker. We're back to PBS now. <laughs> Welcome to our show. We have a great show planned for you today. Today we'll be talking about 1994's Fat Cat's Big A Fish from the Oakland-based hip-hop band The Coup. Okay. Lindsay. Aviv. Who the fuck is The Coup? And why should I care about them? Uh, Well, The Coup is a 90s hip-hop group that is fucking fantastic, and that's why you should care about them. Mm -hmm. But it's not The Beatles, and it's not dad (laughs) classic rock, and it's not millennial nostalgia fodder. So really, like, (laughs) bring it right to me. Why should I care about The Coup? If you listen to The Coup, you'll hear influences of funk, punk, hip-hop, and soul. You like those. I do like all of those. Wow. And their music is known for its critique of capitalism, American politics, white patriarchal exploitation, police brutality, and racial and social injustice. All things I fucking hate. (laughs) So that's why you should care about The Coup. You've convinced me. Also, The Coup... Is led by Boots Riley. That name sounds familiar. It should. We're going to talk about Boots in a little bit. I don't know why we're talking like this. <laughs> I know. Okay, let's be normal. Um, in 1994, The Coup released this album called Genocide and Juice. It's really, really good. I suggest listening to it in its entirety immediately. Genocide and Juice. Yes. Great and this came out with Wild Pitch Records. Now, we already said that the coup is fronted by Boots Riley, and it's had some revolving members throughout the years. Silk E, Benai, Rebel Front, Hassan Hurd, JJ Jungle, LJ Holloman, E-Rock, T-Cash, or is it T-K-A-S-H? I think it's T-Cash. Me too. Latoya London, Grego Simmons, Pam the Funkstress, and DJO. So a, lot of, a rotating cast of characters, funk and hip-hop and punk influenced. Correct. I'm in. I knew you would be. <laughs> so a little history about The Coup. They released their first album, which was called The EP, in 1991. But then in 1993, nearly all of those songs were released on Kill My Landlord. A gr- another. So like, <laughs> here's the thing about... Here's the thing about The Coup. <laughs> I'm not super familiar with their music, but I love their record titles. It's like <laughs> gonna... one of the great, greatest record titles. They're pretty good at what they do. Yeah. So, okay, 1994 Genocide and Juice comes out. Um, um, great. <laughs> it's a little ni- niche. But... Gen- genocide and Juice. <laughs> People who know what's up love it. It peaked at number 27 on billboard's heat seekers albums chart and it went to number 62 on the top r&b slash hip-hop album charts Great. and then after that after genocide and juice the coup takes a four-year recording hiatus while group members worked as community activists this fucks this is great <laughs> then in 1998 they released steal this album another excellent excellent name the title pays tribute to Abby Hoffman's Steal This Book. Ah, yes. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I know I've heard this before. Yeah. So that was a 1960s 
Youth International Party manifesto. Abby Hoffman wrote it. It's called Seal This Book. Yeah, Abby Hoffman was in the the leader of the Chicago Seven. If yeah. they had such a thing as a leader. Right. Steal This Album featured standout, the standout single, Me and Jesus, The Pimp, and The 79 Granada Last Night. That's, that's, a, that's one song. Me one and Jesus, song. The Pimp, in A 79 Granada Last Night. Yes, and we will touch base on that later in the show, and I'll play it for you. Great. Steal This Album peaked at number 37 on Billboard Heatseekers albums charts, and then it went to 51 on the top R&B slash hip-hop album charts. So they're moving on up a little. Great. Online music magazine Dusted named Steal This Album the best hip-hop album of the 90s. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, all music gives it four and a half stars. Rap Reviews gives it a nine out of ten. This, is, this should be as, as vaunted as like Illmatic or something. Yet every single person I texted while I was working on this episode did not know about the coup. Right now, I want to talk about Boots Riley. Let's do it. Who is Boots Riley? So Boots Riley is a person I had not heard of, even though I should know and really like the coup. I had not heard of him until he put out a movie called Sorry to Bother You in 2018, I believe. Yeah, 18. There was very much a feeling of like, in in film circles of like, who the fuck is this guy? Where did this guy come from? Because the movie was um, roundly praised... And it is exceptionally weird, much like Jordan Peele when he made Get Out, people were like, this fucking guy? And all of a sudden, he became very the center of everyone's kind of praise for being this first-time filmmaker who made this like super, uh, with a, a film with a very strong point of view. Yes, very strong point of view. Yeah. And yeah super weird and interesting and all those things yeah mixes like similarly to his records mixes like exploitation style films and like spike lee films of the 90s and like sci-fi and puppetry and all kinds yeah. of all and kinds satire of and yeah. comedy well let's do this aviv style Raymond Lauren Boots Riley. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Was born <laughs> on a rainy was Wednesday. Was born <laughs> yes. on April 1st, 1971. Oh, April Fool's guy. <laughs> what a guy. He's now known as an American film director, producer, screenwriter, rapper, and communist activist. I'm he... sorry. I, w- I want I want I want to I want to point something out. You said communist activist, not community activist. I said communist. Great. I'm, I'm very in. <laughs> He's the lead vocalist of The Coup and Street Sweeper Social Club. Okay. Okay. So Riley, as we know, was born in 1971 in Chicago to a family of social justice organizers. So that he rules. was exposed at a young age. His dad, Walter Riley, was an African-American attorney and his mother, Anita Patterson, was a mom. Jesus. What? I don't I don't know what her career was. However, I do know that her father was an African American and her mother was a Jewish refugee who fled Europe with her parents as a teenager in nineteen thirty eight. Oh, that rules. I mean, not the fleeing Europe thing, but like uh I love I love a good black Jewish combo. Um he has four siblings. And when he was one, his family moved to Detroit, but they only stayed there for like five years because by six, six o'clock, by age six, he moved to Oakland. Okay. When he was at Oakland High School in the 80s, the school is facing cutbacks. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where in the line of children is he? The oldest? The youngest? Second to youngest. Second to youngest. So we had his parents, a black man and Jewish woman getting married in the 60s his grandmother was a jewish refugee oh wait his grandmother was a jewish refugee yes his mother was half black half jewish so his mother's parents his maternal grandmother was a jewish refugee and her and his maternal grandfather was black. Like, Correct. That was probably one of the most dangerous things you could do in America in the 1940s. Yeah. It's badass. Yeah. Fuck. He's in high school in the 80s, and the school is facing cutbacks. 2,000 
of the high school's 2,200 students participated in a walkout organized by Riley and his friends. He got 90% of the high school. (laughs) Okay, great. By the age of 14, he had joined the International Committee Against Racism and at 15, the Radical Progressive Labor Party. This guy, he's like the Venus and Serena Williams of just like sticking it to the man. (laughs) Um, In 1989, he went to film school at San Francisco State, but like almost immediately got a record deal and left school to pursue his hip hop career. I just have too much talent. Right? I'm too good at everything. But it's interesting that he like wanted to be a filmmaker, wanted to be some this like multi-hyphenate artist that like... All art serves the serves the party, which was like part of the communist thing, mm. right? It's like every, every piece of art you ever make should serve the party. Yeah. So this is from NPR. Boots Riley is a storyteller. He carries a fire through his work in music and film that is intended to be built upon by others. Like kind of what you just said. Through his career as founding member of the hip-hop group The Coup, he's been able to paint pictures of his past, of the way he sees current world events, and to shine a disinfecting light of truth on issues involving social justice, poverty, and racism. His interest in activism took shape in his formative years while he was growing up in Oakland. He joined the Progressive Labor Party when he was only 15. At 20 years old, he founded the hip-hop trio The Coup alongside his united parcel service co-worker and buddy Iraq. the group was socio-political clever and could be described as radical man as worked the... for ups yeah fuck yeah i love this guy <laughs> as lead lyricist his words were provocative and challenged class structures patriarchy and capitalism the music was always very funky and had that classic bay area cadence that evokes too short or e40 the group, which later became a full-on band, shares a similar sense of consciousness as artists like Rage Against the Machine, Dead Prez, and Tupac. Now, there's a really interesting website called Ghosts of Anti-Fascism Past, colon, essays, memoirs, and rants. Fuck. <laughs> and it's run by this guy, Jonathan, who claims he was an anti-racist, anti-fascist activist in the 1980s and 90s. He wrote, Fat Cat's Big a Fish is to hip-hop what Allen Ginsberg's Howl is to poetry. Miles Davis's Kind of Blue Overrated? is to jazz, or Marx's Das Kapital is to socialist theory. Holy shit. So Fat Cat's Big a Fish is the anti-fascist national anthem. Essentially. So, yes. Yeah, so tell us, what is Marxism for people oh, Jesus. who live under a rock? Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Why would you do this to me? <laughs> You, you don't, don't even have to. know what Marxism is. So, <laughs> so Marxism, um, which is like a proto-socialism, which, you know, I don't know. Marx and Engels wrote Das Kapital, and they said that the way that capitalism works, which is true, is that the people who own the capital um, have the money to create a thing. They own all of the they own the means of production, and therefore they get all of the profits, and that's not the way it should work, and every... Uh, the end game of basically every economic system is that the workers will will take back the means of production because they are doing the labor. Therefore, they should be entitled for to the profits of their labor. Aviv did a great job. But Thank we're gonna... you. Holy shit. <laughs> I just blacked out and went back to 10th grade. <laughs> we're going to help him out with a quick two-minute history lesson. You have it? God damn it. <laughs> from, um, this is a little video from Latin American News Network, Telesur. We've all heard of Karl Marx and his famous work, The Communist Manifesto. You know, a specter's haunting Europe. (laughs) But on a day like this, September 14th, the German philosopher published another of his famous works, one that most theorists and philosophers say is vastly more important than the manifesto in the development of Marxism and leftist political theory, Das Kapital. Using a historical materialist analysis, Marx explained the contradictions of the capitalist society he lived in, of industrial capitalism, but also outlined the potential to overcome it. He recognized that the history of all hitherto existing society is a history of class struggles, and therefore that antagonism had existed way before industrial capitalism, as well as explaining that capitalism's antagonisms are divided and polarized into two fundamental classes, the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. In 1867, the first volume of Das Kapital, or The Capital, was published, the only one in Marx's lifetime. 
It became the most cited book in social sciences published before 1950, a book that changed the course of human history. A publication big enough to inspire social movements, revolutions, political parties, and state policies over the last 150 Who's? years. It's a revolutionary work that explained in detail the contradictions of the capitalist mode of production. In it, Marx analyzes the worker-capitalist relationship and how the exploitation of the worker is one of the central aspects of the capitalist system. Since the workers don't own the means of production, they have no control over their labor, and therefore are essentially no more than machines working to produce a profit for their capitalist masters, who get rich off of not paying a worker the full value of what they produce. You know, the surplus value, that little difference between the price at which the product is sold and what they pay the worker who made it. Capital is dead labor. That vampire-like only lives by sucking living labor, and lives the more, the more labor it sucks. Since the ultimate goal in the capitalist system is to maximize its profits, everything becomes a commodity that is bought and paid for, even infecting basic human needs such as education, healthcare, housing, and food. Marx argues that the capitalist system is ultimately unstable because it can't endlessly increase profits. The unsustainability of this capitalist goal of endless profits and consumption can be seen more clearly in our world today. It's suffering from numerous extinction events, environmental disasters, labor exploitation, and leading to the rapid destruction of our planet and everything in it. That's why today we recognize the contribution of Marx's analysis of class structure, his influence on workers' organizations, and their labor achievements, as well as having inspired millions into social movements in the fight against capitalism. Great. Woohoo! That was somehow more depressing than what I said. <laughs> All right. So do you want to hear slash watch Fat Cat's Bigger Fish? Apparently it's going to change my entire life, so yes. Yeah. I got a ball of lip for property, so I slip my mini on slopper and promenade out to take up a collection. I got game like I read the directions. I'm wishing that I had an automobile as I feel the cold wind rush past. But let me state that I'm a hustler for real, so you know I got the stolen bus pass. Just as the bus pulls up and I step to the river, so lady look like she drank a 40 or 50. I see my old school partner say his brother got popped. Pay my respects, can you ring the bell? We came to my stop. The street light reflects off the urine on the ground, which reflects off the hamburger sign that turns round, which reflects off the chrome of the BMW, which reflects off the fact that I'm broke. Now what the hell is new? I need new. I spot the mark walking in the tweed suit. I'm in his butt quicker than a kick from a grease boot. Eased up slow and discreet. Could tell he was suspicious by the way he slid his feet. Didn't want to muck up the come up. So I smiled with my eyes said, hey, how's it hanging? I moved it to his shoulder, but he passed with no reaction. Damn, this punk trick had hella Andrew Jackson. I'm good. It's this is a good song that I've never heard before, and he's like, you know, I've only seen him as kind of an older, got an older gentleman. So he's sure. like very handsome as a, as a younger guy. And I hear my stomach growling Step to Burger King to attack it like a shower. I never pay for things that I could get by doing dirt Linger to the girl cashier and start to flirt All up in her face and her breath was like murder Them the things I do for a free hamburger Well, you got my number, you gonna call me tonight? It depends, it's them burgers attached to a price I'm just kidding, I'ma call, even write you love letters Thanks for the burgers, um, put me up with a Dr. Pepper That's cool, you want some ice? Yeah, and some fries would be hella nice Damn, my manager's I'm about to hit it anyway. Fresh dress 
like a million bucks. I'll be the flyest motherfucker in the Afro when I touch. My arm is at a right angle up, silver tray in my hand. May I interest you in some caviar, ma'am? My eyes shoots round the room there and here. Noticing the diamonds in the chandelier. Background, Barry Manilow, Copa Cabana, and a strong damn scent of stogies from Havana. What no place where a brother might been. Snobby old ladies drinking champagne with rich white men. Alright then, let's begin this Nights like this is good for business Five minutes in the mix, notice several different clicks Talking, giggling, a script, and one big baller in me twits And everybody else jacking him, throttling Found out later he on Coca-Cola bottling Talking to a black man, who's he confused me looking hella bougie Booty all tight and sedity, recognize him as the mayor of my city Who treats young black men like Frank Nitty Mr. Coke said to Mr. Mayor, you know we got a process like Ice-T's hair. We put up the funds for your election campaign. And oh, um, waiter, can you bring the champagne? Our real estate firm says opportunities are rousing to make some condos out of low-income housing immediately. We need some media heat to say that gangs run the street and then we bring in the police fleet. Harassing beat everybody till they look inebriated. When we buy the land, these black folks gonna appreciate it. Don't worry about the Urban League of Jesse Jackson. My man that owns Marlboro donated a fat sum. That's when I step back some to contemplate what you know. Sat down. Wrestle with my thoughts like a sumo Ain't no one player that could beat this lunacy Ain't no hustler on the street could do a whole community This is how deep it can get It reads macaroni on my birth certificate Putting Chang is my middle name But I can't hang, I'm getting hustled Only knowing half the game Why are you so fatigued? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on here It's like... The- there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. So for our listen for our podcast only listeners, you're kind of watching a day in the life of this character that Boots Riley plays. He goes he like kind of wanders the neighborhood. He uh like mugs a guy. Um and then he goes to a fast food restaurant and fleeces some food and a Dr. Pepper. And then he, like, works as a waiter for, like, a gala. And the mayor, who's a black man, is, like, talking to one of his wealthy donors. And the donor is like, you can knock down this low-income housing and build condos and I'll fund your campaign. And then I think it leaves before the mayor makes the decision. And Boots is like, well, this is this is a day in the life. Everything's horrible. So I think it's implied what the decision is going to be. And yes. he says, like, I'm getting. Did he say I'm getting fleece? I'm getting fleece knowing only half the game. Yeah. Yeah. And like and like this is basically he he turns it at the very end into like, and this has been your history lesson for the day. Like, this is how you're getting <laughs> fucked by everyone. Yeah. This is how the system is working against you. Yeah. On a lighter note, Riley sampled a George and Gwen McRae. <laughs> On a lighter <laughs> note. <laughs> it's also, like, shot like a short film, right? It's it's from 1994, right? Is that what you said? And it has the same production value as something like Clerks, where it's shot on 16 millimeter film. There's, like cinematography lighting like composition this is like a well put together mini movie before we were really doing that in music videos well i guess we were doing that with like thriller but not for like super low indie artists low budget and riley told npr's jesse thorne he wanted listeners to see a film in their head while listening to the song so this is riley on bullseye with jesse thorne and it seemed like you were you were very deeply committed from the beginning to that idea of narrative. That's not to say that all coup songs are narrative at all, yeah. but it was relatively few of no, them. No, I love, it's just that I love that. One, I wanted to be a filmmaker, so the idea of being able to make someone see a film in their head while they're listening to the song was like, cool, this is much cheaper than making a movie. So uh, that that excited me. Um, I also obviously was very influenced by uh, Slick Rick and Ice Cube, things like that. So those were heroes and uh, wanted to do that as well. But yeah, I, I, story has always been a big part of things to me. And I think that's that's how, you know, as in uh, meeting some organizers through my life growing up, 
the really effective ones were sometimes these very long-winded people who told a lot of personal stories that made you understand the concept. So should we take a closer look at the lyrics? I would love to. There's a lot of lyrics, right? So yeah, this is one this is of gonna the few be long. <laughs> yeah, rap songs that we've done. And yeah, I would love to take a look at the lyrics to take us through the story. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, strap it. Okay, now you get to hear me spit hot fire. Ready? Ready. Well now. Ha <laughs> ha! What have we here? Get down. Get down. Get down. To see. It's almost 10 o'clock. See, I got a ball of lifted property. So I slid my beanie hat on sloppily and promenade out to take up a collection. I got game like I read the directions. I'm wishing that I had an automobile as I feel the cold wind rush past. But let me state that I am a hustler for real. So you know I got the stolen bus pass. Just as the bus pulls up and I step out to the rear, step to the rear, this old lady looks like she drank a 40 of fear. I see my old school partner and his brother and said his brother got popped. Pay my respects. Can you ring the bell when we came to my stop? The street light reflects off the piss on the ground, which reflects off the hamburger sign as it turns round, which reflects off the chrome of the BMW, which reflects off the fact that I'm broke. Now what the fuck is new? I need loot. I sweat the motherfucker in the tweed suit, and I'm on his ass quicker than a kick from a grease boot. Eased up, slow and discreet, could tell he was suspicious by the way he slid his feet. Didn't want to fuck up the come on, so I smiled with my eyes, said, hey, how's it hanging, guy? Bumped into his shoulders, but he passed with no reaction. Damn, this motherfucker had a hella of Andrew Jackson's. I'm a thief or a pickpocket, give a fuck what you call it, used to call them fat cats, I just call them wallets, getting federal ain't just a klepto, MasterCard or Visa, I'd gladly accept those. Sneaky motherfucker with a scam know how to pull it. Got a mirror in my pocket, but that won't stop no bullets. Story just began, but you already know. Ain't no need to get down. Shit, I'm already low. Fuck yeah. My footsteps echo in the darkness. My teeth clenched tight like a fist in the cold, sharp mist. I look down and hear my stomach growling. Step to Burger King to, a sh to attack like a Shaolin. I never pay for shit that I can get by doing dirt. Link up to the girl cashier and start to flirt. All up in her face and her breath was like murder. Damn, the shit I do for a free hamburger. Well, you got my number. You gonna call me tonight? It depends. Is them burgers attached to a price? Sorry, sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm gonna call you, write you love letters. It's all good. Thanks for them burgers. Hook me up with a Dr. Pepper. That's cool. You want some ice? Yeah, and some fries would be hella nice. Damn, my manager's coming. Play it off, okay? Have a nice day. I'm up out of here anyway. I use people's before they use me. Because you could get God by an Uzi over an Oz. Ozi. I don't know what that means. I'm sorry. Ozi, like an ounce. It says U-Z-I. Uzi over an O-Z. Oh, over. <laughs> so it, it rhymes, you see? <laughs> Use me, O-Z. Does he say O-Z? Yes. Rap, Lindsay, is like poetry. But I'm Dylan dyslexic Thomas, at reading. Dylan Thomas is like Bob Dylan. And I'm like Michelle Viver in Dangerous Minds, you see. Which I think also took place in Oakland. That's what an OG told me. Got to find some place warm and cozy to eat the vittles that I just got. Came to an underground parking lot. This place is good as any. F as any. Fuck, it's all good. Walked in, found a car, hopped itself up on a hood, ate my burger, threw back my cola. Somebody said, hey, it was a rented pig. I thought it was a roller. Want me to call the cops? I don't want them to see me. Looked down and saw that I was sitting on a Lamborghini. 
It was Rolls's, Ferraris and Jags by the dozen. A building door opened. Damn, it was my cousin. Getting off of work, dressed up, no lie. Tux, cummerbund, and a black bow tie. I was like, hey, who is it? Me. Oh, what up, man? I just quit the company. They hella racist and the pay was too low. I said, all right, what was up in there, though? A party with rich motherfuckers. I don't know the situation. I know they got cabbage owning corporations. IBM, Chrysler's and shit is what they seeing. Just then a light bulb went off in my head. They'd be thinking all black folks is resembling. Give me your tucks and I'll do some pocket swindling. Fix the change in the bathroom and I freeze off my nuts. Let's take a short break while I get in this tux. Mm, ah, ah. All right, I'm ready. Fresh dress like a million bucks. I'd be the flyest motherfucker in an afro and a tux. My arm is at a right angle up silver tray in my hand. May I interest you in some caviar, ma'am? My eyes shoot round the room there and here, noticing the diamonds and the chandelier. Background, Barry Manilow, Copacabana, and a strong-ass scent of stogies from Havana. What no place where a brother might been. Snobby old ladies drinking champagne with rich white men. All right, then let's begin this. Nights like this is good for business. Five minutes in the mix, notice several different clicks. Talking, giggling, and shit. Well, one motherfucker gave me twits and everyone else jacking it, throttling. Found out later, you know, Coca-Cola bottling. Talking to a black man who he's confused, we looking hella bougie, ass all tight, and sedity. Recognized him as the mayor of my city, who treats young black men like Frank Nitty. That's I'm a mob a, boss. Okay, I was like, who's Frank Nitty? <laughs> Mr. Coke said to Mr. Mayor, you know we got a process like Ice T's hair. We put up the fund for your election campaign. Oh, and um, waiter, can you bring the champagne? A real estate fronts as opportunities arousing to make some condos out of low-income housing. Immediately, we need some media heat to say that gangs run the streets, and then we bring in the police fleet. Harassing me, everybody, till they look inebriated when we brought the land, the motherfuckers will appreciate it. When we bought the land, the motherfuckers will appreciate it. Don't worry about the Urban League or Jesse Jackson. My man that owns Marlboro's donated a fat sum. That's when I stepped back some to contemplate what few know. Sat down, wrestle with my thoughts like a sumo. Ain't no one player that could beat this lunacy. Ain't no hustler on the street could do a whole community. That's that. This is how deep shit can get. It reads macaroni on my birth certificate. Poontang is my middle name, but I can't hang. I'm getting hustled knowing only half the game. Shit. How the fuck do I get out of this place? Oh God! <laughs> so we th- there was like uh, some you know Nate Silver or some statistician did a study about Hamilton. Okay. Where if ha- if the lyrics of Hamilton were at the same cadence as a typical musical, Hamilton would be like five hours long or something because it's like so dense. Uh huh. And it feels like. This is like that, but like the communist Hamilton, which like I want to stop saying the word Hamilton because it's very, it's like a little cringy, right? But, but it is, it is. You think ed- Hamilton's cringy? Yes. I it, fucking love Hamilton. You know that about me. Yes. Why? Mm. Um, but it's, I, but it's also like, you know, educational rap, right? Rap that is dense and, and gives us like facts and figures and tells us a story and all this stuff, right? Um, but uh, a couple things to point out, right? He mm-hmm. oh, we he opens with like we open with like mugging some guy, and then at the end of it, he's like, "Man, I'm just one man. I can't mug a whole city." And then the Mister Coke, the guy who owns Coke, I guess, or the guy who like is a Coke VP, says to the mayor, "Okay, we'll fund your election campaign. We're gonna put it in real estate as a front. We're gonna." Tell everyone that gangs run the street, bring the police in, harass everybody, and then people will thank us for kicking out the the poor and black people from this neighborhood. And mm-hmm. don't worry about any of these company these these organizations that are supposed to help because we own those too, basically. Like like right. it's all money. And and Boots is like, Well, 
you know, I may have robbed a guy, but I didn't fucking do that. <laughs> so I'm going to read a little analysis from hip hop site Ambrosia for Heads. Okay. Ambrosia for Heads is, a, is an interest. That's a name. That's a name. Here we go. Out for a heist, the quick-witted protagonist uses stolen bus passes, flirting with a fast food cashier, and a history of scamming to get over. A simple day in the life gets real when the character encounters a giant gathering of the city's officials, including politicians, law enforcement, and corporate executives. Hustling his way into the party, the Charlie Chaplin-esque character reports on the private conversations and aims to fight against the upper crust. The allegory gets deeper as the narrator witnesses the backroom deals orchestrated to bring down his people. Referencing Slick Rick overtly in the rhyme and seemingly in the black and white video, the 94 single moves butts and minds at once. Boots laughs at the very truths that could make him cry. (laughs) And makes an unpretentious, musically savvy recording in doing so. Now, this is from Ghosts of Anti-Fascist Past. Our protagonist is broke, hungry, and without transportation, while also a poet, a pickpocket, a thief, and a flirt. He's also not a worker, at least not in the formal economy, but his epiphany is dependent on posing as a worker. In other words, understanding the deus ex machina of capitalism requires the vantage point of a worker. And yet, when he poses as a worker, he doesn't so much as to gain access to a point of production as to a locus of social reproduction the leisure activities of the ruling class where the art of the deal really takes place out of the prying eyes of the public and not for nothing he also like renders himself invisible by posing as a laborer right they're like talking about this like horrible graft right in front of him and they like know that he's there but they still don't care and his cousin was the employee and he's like i know they think all black people look the same so i'm just gonna go in right Back to Ghosts of Anti-Fascist Past. To rich white people, oh, this is what we just said. To rich white people, all black people look the same, which gives our protagonist the opportunity to infiltrate their posh gathering so as to pick some pockets. But what he overhears is shocking, and I don't think this guy is shocked by much. The hustler, knowing but half the game, is being hustled. The analogy here between the hustle in the street and the hustle of capitalist exploitation and domination posits a world where there is no in-between. You're either a pimp, a john, or a hoe. There's no way to act ethically within a capitalist system short of overthrowing that system. No way to be right with the world until those categories are utterly obliterated. It's also interesting, I don't think, I think it was the publication before Ghosts of Anti-Fascist Past that compares him to like the tramp, the Charlie Chaplin character of the tramp who's like flirting his way Mm -hmm. into getting a burger and whatnot. That's an interesting comparison that I don't know if it bears total fruit in the Mm -hmm. video, but it is like Mm -hmm. a super interesting analogy to make, which I didn't pick up on. And I love Charlie Chaplin. Okay, closing out this essay slash section. <laughs> yeah. Here in searing terms is the carceral state and gentrification, racism and urban pacification, the two-party system and elite command and control together with a breathtaking cynicism. It also upholds the humanity of a petty thief without romanticizing it and demonstrates how it is possible and desirable for that person to become a radical. There is no direct or easy path from using people before they use me to from each according to ability to each according to need, but the possibility is there. It just needs a kickstart and guidance. So from each according to his ability to each according to his need is a slogan from Karl Marx from 1875, yes. which refers to free access and to distribution of goods, capital and services. It's like the belief that each person contributing different amounts of money, according to his abilities would eliminate greed and corruption. The revolution that corporate and political power is a hustle, but on a scale so vast as to be hidden in plain sight forces us to wrestle with our thoughts. It challenges seemingly sacred convictions about the meritocratic principle that competition leads to opportunity and the common good but the reality is that a fair playing field is nowhere to climb the ladder is to place one's foot on a rung that is in someone's head it's interesting that we uh you know it is like like blindingly cynical for 1994 times and now we're just like yep this is how everything works like we have no way to stop it like like it's not (laughs) I think the social consciousness has caught up to this idea, Mm. but not surpassed it, right? Like, this is still very accurate and 
prescient for today's society, but it's not like a revelation. No, it's absolutely not. Yeah. But it, it is from 1994. I agree. Um, so let's hear from Riley. You know, let's hear this from the mouth of the boots. Straight from the horse's mouth, would you say? Oh, God. Oh, God. No, don't go there yet. <laughs> would you say, Lindsay? <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, ugh, we'll talk about that later. Um, so this is Riley speaking with Lowell Denny of TheRealNews.com. First of all, for, for capitalism to exist, there must be a large group of unemployed people. Um at least it, there needs to be a certain percentage of unemployed folks. Because if you have full employment under capitalism, then you, don't, then you don't even need a union because you can say, hey, I want three times more. And they can't even threaten to fire you. They need to have a reserve army of unemployed workers to threaten the workers that exist right now. That's just part of the, that's part of the program. They have to do that because otherwise wages go up. You have... Uh, financial publications like Wall Street Journal who will publicly worry when the unemployment rate goes down too much because that means that means uh, that means wages go up. So we know that there has that unemployment is a is an inseparable part of capitalism. It cannot function without that. What do we also know about unemployed people? Unemployed people are just like employed people. They need to eat. So if you got a large group of people without jobs that need to eat, they're going to get jobs in the illegal economy. Illegal business is the same as legal business. They both have to regulate themselves and they both use violence to regulate themselves. Viol violence is something necessary. So I promised you we would talk about me and Jesus the pimp in a 79 Granada last night. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm literally begging you. Um, okay, so let's listen to me and Jesus the pimp in the 79 Granada last night. I hear the LP, like they're talking about, he sounds like LP. I like to hear it now. <laughs> I guess LP sounds like that. But I hear, I hear Andre 3000 in there. I hear Nate Dog in there. How to survive Don't be Microsoft Be Macintosh With a hard drive Used to tell me all the time To keep a bitch broke Did I mention that My mama was his number one hope Clunked a foley on the floor And placed his palm on the dash And wheezed out Come on man Make this motherfucker mash Ain't gonna mash too fast Cause my tags ain't right Me and Jesus This is also very good not The sample's super cool Like We're going to listen to Riley talking about the seriousness of songwriting as an art form, specifically when it comes to this song. I also wanted to make something that, that got across um, something emotional. I think starting out like being all about lyrics, you can get really caught into the uh, you can get really caught into these conventions that are supposed to mean you're a good good lyricist, which are like similes and metaphors and being clever. Hey, fuck off, man. Similes I use similes. It's fine. They don't really well, bring a lot of clarity. Yeah. It's more just like a cute thing you said. Yeah, exactly. Which and, can be very cute. Shout out to Chino XL. But like... <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it's all about being clever, which sub subtracts you from the emotion of art. You know, like, 
nobody wants a clever painter or a clever, you know, they want something that, a, a piece that, you know, like, they don't want a, a sculpture that just makes you laugh. Oh, the dick is in the, in the ear. That's cool. You know, they want something that is, that, that Somebody in art school their... is writing that down real quick. <laughs> Put in yeah, yeah. Now, this is just a random bit of trivia I wanted to tell you. In 2001, the coup released party music, and the cover art was finished in June. Of 2001. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. The, the album was scheduled to be released in mid-September. Oh, no. The original album cover depicted group members Pam the Functress and Boots Riley standing in front of the Twin Towers... As and they're they on destroyed fire. Destroyed by huge explosions. Yes, I've seen this cover. And Riley's pushing the button on the guitar tuner. So here's that image. I have seen this cover. I've I like I you know after nine eleven everyone's like oh man if you type nine eleven and wing dings it like is a plane and two buildings or whatever. Um, and yeah, I I remember this cover. <laughs> the coup party music and yeah, it's it's Boots Riley with a chromatic guitar tuner. And who's the the person he's with? Pam the Funkstress. Pam the Funkstress, who's in the video for Fat Cat's Big a Fish. Um, and and I remember specifically, they're like, oh my God, it's like the one of the explosions is lower than the other, which is like how it happened in the fucking... I, I super remember this. <laughs> that rules. And this is an article from September 13th, 2001. Eerie image pulled from CD. Correct. So um, the band changed the cover art to create new cover art, uh, which looks like a hand and a martini that's on fire. I, I like we talked a little bit about like all the songs that were banned on 912. And it seems <laughs> like Boots Riley is not the type of person that would cater to this. But, like, I feel like this is, like, this, I, not that it's fucked, I mean, it is kind of fucked up, but, like, not that releasing an album like this would be so disrespectful or yada, 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 but, like, this could get him killed. Funny you should say all of this. Oh, no! In a 2001 interview with Seattle newspaper The Stranger, Dan I think Lindy West worked there. Yeah, yeah. that's where Lindy worked. Um, Boots Riley spoke about his fight to keep the album co cover Fuck following yeah, I fucking love this guy. <laughs> the attacks. He said, quote, Boots, there's been a whitewash in the media over the past couple days over what the U.S.'s role in the world is and the fact that they kill hundreds of thousands of people per year to protect profit. Now, how can I get to the point where I could be saying that on the world stage and interrupt the lies that CBS, CNN, NBC, and everyone is saying? In my view, that would be by keeping the cover. Not because I think by looking at the cover you get all this message that I'm telling you, but as a way to have a platform to interrupt the stream of lies that are being told right now. I fucking love so, this guy. Yeah, so he's saying like, by keeping the cover, I'll be part of a conversation and I have fucking something to say. Yeah, and and uh, we, two weeks in a row, we've said... In the past on this show, don't have heroes. This does not apply to Boots Riley. <laughs> I'm glad we could, you know, sometimes Two weeks in a row, we did two, some, we got two good ones. Some good people. He didn't do any rapes, right? Not that we know of. Thank fucking God. I'm still, I'm still on your side, Boots Riley. But, okay, back to the album of the day from Ambrosia for Heads. Once a $100 plus eBay item, EMI Records reissued Genocide and Juice and much of the Wild Pitch catalog in 2008. Although the group, meaning the coup, would not crack the top 200 until 2012 with Sorry to Bother You, a 2012 album that would share the name of Riley's 2018 film. Yes. Their first three LPs and entire catalog continue to remain in focus as political hip-hop done right. All right, so here we are. We're obsessed with Boots. We love him, and we're kind of like, why doesn't why isn't Boots Riley in our face all the time? Yeah, why why isn't he mentioned in the same breath as Nas or Tupac or you know someone someone else? I have a feeling that you know mainstream hip hop, like main, like most mainstream um, 
music is a, is a yeah, this is, I'm putting on my boots Riley pants is a function of capitalism and so no record company would um promote a musical act that is functionally actually against capitalism Mm -hmm. as opposed to which is why like the sex pistols got elevated because they were frauds right and so the um the i think that i I wouldn't say conspiracy but like this is a capitalism course correction we have a lot of rap in the 90s about living large living the lifestyle transcending your your humble beginnings growing up on the streets, slinging drugs, whatever, whatever. And now I'm, you know, in hot tubs with popping bottles of Cristal. And that is a capitalism success story, right? I have transcended my, my class thanks to capitalism, as opposed to Boots Riley, who's saying like, you fucking think so. And so I, yeah, I think that without like, I'm not saying that like his message kept, kept him from being famous, but I think uh fame stopped his message from being famous this is my theory no i think this is a fantastic theory and i have read some commentary on exactly what you just said how a lot of hip-hop is you know like started from the bottom now we're here yeah and like boots is saying started from the bottom now we're here but like look the fuck around yeah look look at his neck you had to step on to get here yeah um and and you can look at every famous band that has been anti-establishment that has gotten actually famous you like look a little you scratch under the surface and like how anti-establishment are they um when the real ones are out here making records and movies like boots so after nearly three decades of musical storytelling riley makes his directorial debut in 2018 with the film Sorry, Sorry to bother you. Which shares the name of the last uh, coup album. Man, I'm just out here surviving. And what I'm doing right now won't even matter. Oh, baby, baby, it will always matter. Oh, you said you fixed that. Get a room. I got a room, Hey, Cash, how much longer I got to wait for my money? God made this land for all of us. Greedy people like you want to hog it to yourself and your family. Me and my family? Yeah. Cash, I'm your uncle. I just really need a job. 40 on two. This is telemarketing. Stick to the script. Hey, hello. Um, Mr. Davidson, Cash is green here. Sorry to bother. Let me give you a tip. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice? I'm never talking about Will Smith's wife. Like this young blood. Hey, Mr. Kramer. This is Langston from Regal View. As always, we'll be getting that out to you right away. You're doing so good with the voice thing. Holla, 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 holla. Going upstairs, power caller. They even have their own elevator. Welcome, power caller. I hope you did not masturbate today. We need you sharp and ready to go. I got promoted. I'm a power caller. What do they sell? They're not selling, but we sell it. No, there's no amount of money that'll make me do that. Here's the starting salary. Well, man, I'm gonna have to get me some new suits. Whatever I wear, no, I'm here to be clean. It is morally emaciated. I can't ride with you. I'm doing something I'm really good at. Cash, I'm gonna make you a proposal. I can see that you want to say no, but I wouldn't do that before you see what I'm offering you. Cash, you are awesome. Okay, so this fucking movie. <laughs> Tell me. So the the trailer does a really good job of t- of making you think that this movie is about something that it is kind of about, and then it's very much not. So spoilers for Sorry to Bother You. If you ha- it's five years old, if you haven't seen it, pause the episode. 
go watch it and come back. <laughs> um, basically, the trailer's... It's on Amazon right now for free on it's Prime. It's very good. Um, and the trailer sells it as like a code-switching movie, so Cash Green learns how to use his white people voice in order to make a... Uh, a killing at this telemarketing company becomes a power caller, whatever that is, and then like kind of betrays his class and his his girlfriend can't rock with him anymore. And there's like the promise of like of some violence that breaks out, right? And then the big reveal and what Army Hammer has offered him a hundred million dollars to sell is slave labor, right? Is mutant human horse they call them equisapiens slave labor literally reducing poor people and people of color to chattel like chattel slavery and um eventually it culminates you know cash gets infected with this equisapien dna or whatever becomes a horseman and leads like a equisapien revolution Total spoiler. I told you. Spo- I said it's spoilers. <laughs> but this movie is fucking wild. And meanwhile, uh, Tessa Thompson's character, whose name escapes me, is like an Afrofuturist absurdist. Her name's Detroit. Is it? That's Which awesome. is where Boots Riley up. lived for a yeah. few years. Um, she's like an Afrofuturist absurdist uh, artist who does like this weird performance where they like enact violence against her on stage. It's like super yeah, strange. Yeah, she gives them balloons filled with like sheep or pig's Pig blood. Blood, yeah. Blood. To throw at her. And cell phones, which... What? Something about the cell phone where like something that's inside of it is, is really morally corrupt. Yeah, the the lithium batteries or whatever. And then one other thing was in there. Anyway, she she's like, I'm going to recite this part of this play or poem, and then they they just throw you guys throw this shit at bullet. me. Yeah, and so there's there's this I I I've wrestled with that portion of this movie for a while because it seems kind of like a a you know it's not a horseman. So like, what the fuck is it doing in this movie? Well, um, you haven't seen Rent. I haven't seen Rent. Is this a Rent reference? You need to, you just need to fucking watch Rent. So okay. to me, when I was watching this movie, I'm like, oh, is this like a Rent callback? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna say yes. <laughs> I am probably gonna say no. I th- so I th- I think that there is this because she's right. She has the right opinion the entire movie. So I don't think that she's meant to be ridiculed in that way. Um, what do you mean ridiculed? Well, Rent is dope. Okay. Um, do you think Boots Riley thinks Rent is dope? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's about class struggle. The silence is what's going to be our, <laughs> our. Well, you haven't even seen Rent. Okay, okay, okay. But but what I what, what the thing that that I, the reading that I'm struggling with in this in in that scene is like 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 we are commodifying or kind of turning black pain into a spectacle which I think is also like very much what Hollywood does, right? We don't make black movies unless they're about like black pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The, it could be a rent thing too. I'm not, I'm not saying definitely no, but there's like a lot going on. This movie is like very, very extreme for, for being very in your face. It is also quite layered with like, everyone's got their own thing that they're, you know, doing and struggling with and whatnot. I feel like it's also the same exact story as the song just taken to the extreme. Right? As 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 big fat cat's bigger fish. Yes. Yes. So Cash is a hustler, he's chilling on the street, he gets a job where he With his cousin. With his cousin where he can render himself invisible by using his white people voice and then he uncovers a massive plot to ruin the working class yeah great i'm in sorry cosine sign sealed delivered try something original next time boots <laughs> you've been telling the same story for years God, when will you get a new thing, Boots? 
Um, but yeah, the moral of the story is Boots Arley is pretty cool. And I heard him talking about how he like just went and got this movie made. Like he knew he didn't know how to make a movie. Right. But he also said like when he got into hip hop, he didn't know how to like he didn't know anything anyway. He's so he was like, I'm good at like I know I don't know anything, so I don't get I don't yeah. care. So he would just like literally like walk up to people and all he would talk about is getting this movie made and he got it made. Yeah, this is a really interesting um I mean, certain people are just like born artists and i'm not saying that they don't have to work or practice or anything like that but like there are these people who have just like a natural affinity to all kinds of art you can put any instrument in their hands and they'll figure out how to play it and i'm not one of these people and i'm very jealous of people like that (laughs) and it seems like he is just like truly the art like moves through him in whatever uh whatever form and it's great that he knows what he doesn't know, right? That he doesn't come in and, and pretend like he can do everything himself. But I also think he's probably selling himself short because those those music videos that we saw that from like twenty five years earlier are pretty pretty tight. 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 <laughs> so what are we going out on this That's week? It. Tight is is the last thing we're gonna say. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about actual cannibal army hammer. No, he's not a fucking cannibal. Exactly. He just said, I want to eat you. Like, who, who whomst amongst us? us hasn't said that? Yeah, but, Ar- but Army... He's definitely abusive. And he's an interesting person to play this role in Sorry to Bother You because he comes from, like, a very wealthy family. His, like, yeah. you know, he's named after Armand Hammer, the guy who's the namesake of Armand Hammer. This whole Arm and Hammer, Army Hammer, Armand Hammer thing is mind-blowing to me. Like, What? Yeah. Obviously, when you learn about, like, when you first heard Army Hammer actor, you're like, Army Hammer? Exactly. Like, that sounds like Arm and Hammer. The toothpaste or the. And weirdly, (laughs) there's like an even closer connection. The dude's name was Armand. Armand. Which literally, every time they say it in the House of Hammer, I think they're saying Arm and Hammer. Arm and Hammer. They are. (laughs) stupid yeah but so so him playing like an effete cocaine addict billionaire who's creating an army of chattel slaves i'm like pretty pretty casting i don't know if his (laughs) agent fully explained to him the part before signing him up though (laughs) i don't think his agent knew what his demons were like i guess not what are we going out on this week Lindsay? This week, we're going to go out on a 1987 song called Paid in Full by Eric B. and Rakim. In the song, there's a part where he like talks about put his hand in his pocket and comes up with lint. Mm-hmm. And that is how Riley opened up his song as kind of a nod to this fantastic 1987 song, Paid in Full. I mean, I'm really inspired by, the, by Boots Riley learning more about him through this show especially because the tack that i have decided to take as a songwriter and artist is like one of someone with a message and the message is like no longer just being bummed out um (laughs) because because you got you know get a new thing Avid. And so this is inspiring me to like, to, like to do more. So so, boots, you've got one more person on your in your on your team now, uh, thanks to your work. Where can people find us on the internet, Lindsay? Find us on the internet at Lyrics for Lunch on Instagram and Twitter. And for longer and weirder stuff, send us an email at lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. And if you want to use the proceeds of your labor to help us and the proceeds of our labor, you can go to lyricsforlunch.com and click on support the show. Give us a rate and review, a thumbs up to all your friends wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see us in the flesh, watch us on Podcast on Vivo on YouTube. Come to my window. (laughs) Come to my window. Yeah, if you want to see us on video, watch us on Podcast on Vivo. If you are watching on Podcast on Vivo and want us like in your car so you don't have to look at us, uh, we are available on every one of your podcast apps. 
thinking of a master. Tune in next week when we do this all over. We try to find another hero. Let's see if we can go three in a row with someone who doesn't suck. And until next time, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm Lindsay Tucker. Saying, Eat your landlord's kids. Eat your landlord's kids. I used to roll up, this is a hole up Ain't nothing funny, stop smiling You still don't nothing move but the money But now I learn to earn cause I'm righteous I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a nine to five If I strive, then maybe I'll stay alive So I walk up the street, whistling this Feeling out of place, cause man do I miss A pen and a paper, a stereo, a taper Me and Eric being a nice big plate of fish Which is my favorite dish But without no money, it's still a wish Cause I don't like to dream about getting paid So I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made So now it's a test to see if I got pulled Hit the studio, cause I'm paid in full Volume, pump up the volume. Wait a minute, you better talk to my mother.